Welcome or welcome back to the PT Confessionals. I am Wes or as many of you know me as Wes on wheels my partner is on a three-week vacation but the show must go on. Today on episode 3 of the pod I thought I would talk about the communication devices and the problems they have and how I think society could improve on the technology and how users like me could benefit from the improvements. I guess this will be a different kind of podcast, but I will use different voices, so it will still feel like a conversation. So like we said in the first episode, I use Toby Dynavox which is an adaptive communication device. What is an adaptive communication device you may ask? An adaptive communication device is a type of assistive technology designed to help individuals with communication difficulties. It is typically an electronic device that uses specialized software and hardware to allow the user to communicate with others. Adaptive communication devices can come in many different forms, ranging from simple communication boards with pictures and symbols to more complex devices with touch screens and speech synthesis capabilities. The choice of device depends on the individual's needs and abilities, as well as the level of complexity required for effective communication. Some adaptive communication devices are designed to be highly customizable, allowing the user to create and personalize communication boards or messages. Others may come pre-programmed with a variety of communication options for different situations. Adaptive communication devices may also include features such as eye tracking, switch input, and head pointers to accommodate for physical disabilities or limitations. These devices can also be equipped with specialized software that can learn and adapt to the user's communication patterns and preferences over time. Overall, adaptive communication devices offer individuals with communication difficulties greater independence and opportunities for social interaction by providing them with a means to express themselves effectively. And what was your first communication device and at what age did you get it? My first communication device came at age 4 called the Pathfinder, which just had programmable buttons. It was very heavy and took hours to totally program. For 2002 technology. It was apparently advanced for the time. I did not like it. I remember hardly using it because I disliked how slow it was and it was way too easy to mess up the programming. But again for the time it was probably ahead of its time. Here is more of a professional description of the Pathfinder. The Pathfinder communication device is a speech generating device developed by Pernke Ramak Company, PRC, in the 1980s. It was one of the first portable communication devices that allowed individuals with speech impairments to communicate by selecting words and phrases on a screen that were then spoken aloud by the device. The development of the Pathfinder communication device was inspired by the needs of a young girl named Amanda, 
who had cerebral palsy and was unable to speak. Her father, David Namir, was a computer programmer who saw the potential for technology to help his daughter communicate. He worked with PRC to develop a prototype of the Pathfinder device, which was first released in 1983. The Pathfinder communication device used a grid of buttons on a touch screen to display words and phrases. Users could select a button to speak a pre-recorded word or phrase, or they could spell out words using an on-screen keyboard. The device also had a built-in voice synthesizer that could be programmed to speak in a male or female voice. Expand on why you didn't like it. What was wrong with it? I don't remember exactly but I think it had to do with the fact that it took a while to prepare a sentence or the fact I couldn't program the device myself therefore I could not say what I wanted to say. And after that what was your next device? I didn't really have one. My parents taught me sign language at the age of six I believe because I remember going to every book fair at my elementary school looking for every sign language book to buy. By the time my obsession with sign language was over I had about ten books full of sign language. I don't remember how I communicated at school. Probably by just using sign language. How long did that last? Until fifth grade when I had a weird device that spoke in a SpongeBob's voice. Which was awesome but creepy. And don't ask me what the name of the device was. It was white and it had a beanbag stand. So I'm guessing that it didn't work out. No it really didn't because it had been limited. In the programming department. So what was your next device? I had a Dynavox. But it wasn't anything like the Dynavox I am using today. It was slow. And was for kids. Any more devices that you had? In 7th grade I bought my own iPad and a free app called Speak It. Speak It is an iPad app developed by Future Apps Incorporated that allows users to type in text and have it read aloud using high quality voices. The app uses advanced text-to-speech technology to accurately pronounce words and sentences, making it useful for people with communication difficulties visual impairments, or reading challenges. Users can customize the speech rate, pitch, 
and volume to suit their preferences, and the app supports multiple languages and accents. SpeakIt also includes a built-in web browser, so users can easily read and listen to web content within the app. I still was still using sign language at home though just because it was easier to communicate at home. I heard that you had a girlfriend in 8th grade. How did you communicate with her? In fall of 2011 I was taken out of pre-advanced placement classes. Let me tell you, after 7th grade I hated school, but in 8th grade that all changed. I was finally getting help from the school system. Again that is a topic for another episode. It was first period language arts class. A few weeks into the school year. My school aide had taught me how to use Microsoft Excel to communicate. The teacher put the class into groups. And guess who I was paired with? The beautiful blonde girl from the row and one seat behind me. Yes I still know the exact seating chart from 8th grade. Anyway the beautiful blonde girl started to notice the school aide had his hands full. It's because he was assigned to two wheelchair-bound students. And the other guy needed more help than me. But back to the girl. She started to get my stuff from my backpack for like a straight month. And yes we were hanging out at lunch by then. The other students that we hung around started to talk about how we would be the perfect couple and actually I truly believe that some of the students already thought that we were already going out. Then one night after school I got the courage to go on Facebook and massaged her. Since most people want to us to be a couple. Will you go out with me? And to my surprise she said yes now that we were a couple she got my locker combination and she now got my school issued laptop ready for me every day. She even got it up and running by the time I got to campus. We all know how bad the school buses were for me. The only problem was that we could only hang out at school due to the poor transportation options I had. But we made it work. She constantly was trying to change my hair to a mohawk. One day she even brought her hairspray and a comb to do my hair during the first period and then a month later we ended up breaking up. Okay I just went on a wild path about a girl but you can blame Story Brooks. They wanted the girlfriend's tea. And Ted did beat the bet I proposed so sorry to everyone else that didn't want the girlfriend tea. But back to communication devices I used the iPad until 2016 when I got a PRC device with new voice and I didn't realize this until I was writing this script. New voice is the same technology that the Pathfinder had. The new voice software was first introduced in the early 1990s and was one of the first AAC software programs to use synthesized speech to help users communicate. The program was designed to be used with PRC's communication devices, which included a range of products such as speech generating devices, 
switches, and other assistive technology. So what is one problem with these devices? One way all of these devices have in common is that you cannot see them outside. Why can we make phones that we can see in the shade and outside but we cannot make communication devices be able to be used outside? For example, like we said in the last episode, I traveled to San Diego in October of 2022 for TwitchCon to meet some of the streamers that I follow on Twitch. I can explain what Twitch is on another episode of the pod. Anyway the previous device that I took to the convention which I will not name because I technically still am kinda contracted with that said company. Didn't work well outside. You could not see it because the screen was so dim or dark or both. Anyway the area we all met in was outside and I could not see anything on the communication device, but oddly enough I could see my phone. It is a bad feeling when you are about to meet one of your childhood artists that you have followed for at least 8 years. My caregiver told her I was speechless or starstruck slash which was true, but also I could not see the screen due to the sun. I also got to meet two other celebrities on that trip but the same thing happened. To be honest even inside the device doesn't have the brightest screen. How can we improve these devices? Now let's talk about ways society or companies can improve on technology. For one I think they should put brighter screens on the devices. I get that a brighter screen will take up more battery, but if they put the software on devices with USB-C, these devices will be user-friendly. Second is accessibility s essential to ensure that adaptive communication devices are accessible to individuals with diverse needs. This includes considerations such as adjustable font sizes, customizable interface layouts, support for multiple languages, and compatibility with assistive technologies like screen readers. Third. Designing intuitive user interfaces and workflows can make these devices easier to learn and operate. Incorporating user-centered design principles, such as clear navigation, visual cues, and feedback mechanisms, can enhance the overall user experience and reduce the learning curve. I also believe that newly AI technology could help make communication faster. It can enhance predictive text capabilities, suggesting words or phrases based on user patterns, which can significantly improve the speed and efficiency of communication.
Another note in researching for this episode they are researching brain-computer interfaces, which enable individuals with severe motor disabilities to communicate directly with computers or other devices using their brain signals. This technology holds tremendous potential in transforming the way individuals with limited mobility interact and communicate with the world. To me that sounds cool but yet it sounds like it would hurt just because I would think they would have to put something into your brain to receive the signals from your brain. And would you just have a wire coming from your head? I am not a doctor, but how would you wirelessly connect your brain to your device? And what do you do if it broke? It's not like you can just go into your head and flip a switch and reset it. I doubt we need to be like Master Chief from Halo or the humans from Cyberpunk 2077 where your body is just a computer. Another thing that I think that could be upgraded are the mounts. Sure they make. The DESI mounting system typically consists of a series of clamps, tubes, and connectors that can be configured to meet individual needs. These components allow for the attachment of devices such as communication devices, tablets, laptops, switches and other assistive technology equipment to the wheelchair. It just holds the device and the Toby Dynavox iPads don't usually come with a mounting system at all. I had to rig the mount to hold a iPad and a RAM mount for the phone but these mounts are hard to get insurances to pay for it but thoughts another whole episode we can complain about how much paperwork that they require to just get a denial. I actually know nothing about the paperwork, so I will let Corrine rant about how it gives her a headache on a weekly basis when she comes back from vacation. Well this wraps up episode 3 of the PT Confessionals. He'll be most likely back next week with another topic. Maybe he'll teach you about Twitch. This might also be a shorter episode, because I am just reading a pre-written script. I am gonna close like I close my Twitch streams. I am Wes or Wheels. Thanks for joining the podcast. Remember no matter where you are from you are worth it, have a positive attitude in life, and always be kind to each other. I'll see you next week.